2: All right, welcome back. Radio Row, Mackie and Judd. Three more hours today, and then we are here 9 o'clock to 1 o'clock all week long. Ryan Leaf will join the show in 10 or 15 minutes from right now. Ross Tucker later on in the hour. But let's continue our Vikings quarterback reckless speculation segments with Matthew Collard. Kirk
3: Kirk Cousins. Yes, Drew
2: Brees, Pipe Dream. Uh, Judd, Collar and I kind of went back and forth, pros and cons of Kirk Cousins. Yes. You respond to that, and then there's another interesting nugget about Alex Smith that surfaced yesterday.
3: My response uh, to that is actually in the form of a question to Collar, who, of course, is powered by Sprint in talking mm. to us. That's a great point. Matthew, um, with all the good that we know about Cousins, here's my one concern the price tag on this guy is not going to be big it's going to be massive yeah so so knowing knowing what we know about his dedication to the craft uh the fact that his traditional stats are good the pff sort of strips those away a little bit and says they're not as good as you possibly think what is the what is the level of potential responsible investment here too because it's going to be crazy i mean you're going to have a handful of teams and somebody's going to say we're going to give you five years an x amount and i think Three or four teams are going to say, whoa, 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 we can't do that. So if you if you were to look at this through the eyes of a responsible GM uh, who possibly had options, what's the investment here really worth? So I think with uh, Cousins, what you know by investing
4: in him is two things. One, that the cap is going to continue to go up. Um, if you've heard the NFL is crumbling, I suggest you look around, and you will see that it is not. So the cap is going to continue to go up. These teams are going to keep making more money, and that means that it won't hurt you five years from now as much it will, as it will hurt you in 2019, say. Um, and, you know, they could structure all these things to kind of work around other players. So it is doable, and you'll know exactly what you have in your quarterback. You'll know his dedication. You'll know his shortcomings, and you'll know how you can and try to you know beef him up with a great running back, good wide receivers, all those sorts of things, and you will give yourself a chance. I don't think Washington has given him a chance to win. Um, I mean, that's the one criticism that is probably unfair of cousins is well, he hasn't won. I, I get that, but they've also ranked twenty eighth, twenty first. You know, they haven't gotten into the twenties or into the teens in defense in three years. Yeah, and, and last time I checked, Kirk Cousins doesn't play defense, and so it's hard to score you know, thirty
2: points every time he take the right, field.
4: Yeah. ask what would his record have been with the Minnesota Vikings this year? Probably thirteen and three. Yeah, I mean he would have been about the same, or maybe even a little bit better than Kirk Cousins if if they were here. So. If you have this good of a roster, you can continue to win with him. That's what you guarantee yourself. You also probably guarantee yourself that when you go up against better quarterbacks in the playoffs, you are going to have a disadvantage there. Um, the you know with Alex Smith, maybe because he is more talented, he gives you a chance to beat one of those quarterbacks in the playoffs. Even though he hasn't done it, I think he's more talented and has a better opportunity Agreed. to do that. Agreed. It just leaves you with uncertainty after 2019 or two thousand eighteen then you'd be hunting for who's the next quarterback. You're not going to draft very high. I mean, that, that, that would be the benefit right there of signing Cousins long-term as opposed to having the one year from Alex Smith. But Teddy Bridgewater's presence in all of this, I mean, if his knee is back to normal and he comes back here, that solves all of these problems because he is a good enough quarterback to win with in the playoffs, and he is young, and you would want to sign him to a long-term you know, he,
2: And he's probably going to get... A more team or, or a more player friendly deal with the Vikings than you would somewhere else, unless another team wants. To, I'm, I'm talking about Teddy here. Yeah. If yeah. you go to him and say, you know, and, and I have an Alex Smith nugget for you guys in a second, but listen, you're not going to be the starter in 2018, but we want you to be continue on this path. We want you to be part of our long term future. And so we're going to actually pay you and incentivize you in that light. And other teams aren't going to be able to do that because they've never seen you even practice since you tore the knee up. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead.
4: Well, Judd brought up an idea on the Purple Podcast about. Trading for Alex Smith. So you trade the, well, I'll just mention it, Tom Palacero came on yesterday and said that people he talked to indicated that it'll cost you a second and maybe a 2019 fourth which I think is a pretty reasonable price yes so let's say that you trade that away and then you sign Teddy Bridgewater to a very similar deal to what Sam Bradford had with the Eagles where it's a lot of guaranteed money but it's not a long-term deal and the first year's cap hit is pretty low so you could manage both of the players cap hits and then have both of them on the roster. And if Teddy Bridgewater wins the job and looks fantastic in preseason, you trade away Alex Smith. Or if Bridgewater doesn't look quite as good uh, or doesn't look quite ready to be the starter yet, then you go through the season with Alex Smith and potentially turn it over to Teddy or move on from him as well. I mean, that, that might be one potential direction they go.
2: Yeah. So Alex Smith, now this, was, this started off as a report that surfaced yesterday, and then the guy who said it, he's a Broncos insider from 9 News in Denver, uh, he walked it back on Twitter. So let's treat this as it is, reckless speculation. Okay? Fits in
3: right with the show these days. Yes,
2: a Broncos insider, yep. and by the way, Ryan Leaf in less than 10 minutes will join us here uh, on Radio Row. A Broncos insider from 9 News in Denver was on the radio this week and threw out an Alex Smith Broncos trade scenario that involves Akib Talib oh. going from Denver to Kansas City. He's 31 years old. And there's about $20 million left in his contract combined the next two years, but not much of it's guaranteed. And a second-round pick going to the Chiefs. So if it's—now, this, this, this was painted as a report initially. Let's call, it, let's call it educated speculation that the Broncos might try to dangle in Aqib Tlaib. A 31-year-old with a lot of money on his contract mm. is not a great piece. It almost seems like a salary dump mm-hmm. by Denver. So if you're the Vikings and you don't need to salary dump to take on Alex Smith's contract, you could put together a much more appealing package than, hey, take our 31-year-old veteran you send for a lot of money and a draft pick.
3: I think you send him two draft picks. Yep, Correct. I, 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 I if, you, if you send them uh, your second rounder in 2018 and a 2019, let's say, third or fourth, I think it's done. They might look
4: at it, though. Kansas City, we still think they have a good defense. This year they didn't have a good defense. And what they might be attracted to. And Barry got hurt in the first game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against the Patriots. And and what they might be attracted to in a scenario like that is having Marcus Peters and Akeem Talib on the same team. And if you're the Vikings, you can't really offer them a player. So, I mean, there's only a couple of teams that could make a deal like this, though. You know I what, mean, though. That, that, that's the interesting part about the Alex Smith scenario is there's only really, I mean, what, Jacksonville? I don't think Buffalo has any reason to trade for a guy in a one-year deal. Denver and then the Vikings, and, and that's about it. But, but you know
3: what? If I am KC, there is no way I am sending Alex Smith to Denver.
2: There oh, is, great point. Yeah. There, is, yeah. No, yeah, there is
3: no way in yep. hell that I'm going to have him come back and beat me twice. Because right.
2: you're, you, you're, no you're not trading Alex Smith... To, you know, to rebuild, you're training him right. to basically reload with a second-year quarterback that you right. drafted in the first round. You right. want to win the division, which thing. is fine. That's you want to great. get to the playoffs.
3: But if if my you're choice right. is is I'm going to send you to my rival or out of the conference to the Vikings, you're yeah, gone.
2: No, I'm I, sending I, you. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm yeah. saying that. It would reduce your chances to win the division yeah. if you gave Alex Smith yeah. the Broncos. Oh, fight, that makes sure. no and, sense.
4: And their defense is still it. pretty darn good. I mean, last year, Trevor Simeon was a complete train wreck. And if only there had been a free agent quarterback that Denver could have signed. <laughs>
2: How can.
3: I, I don't get this one. How can John Elway, of all people on this planet, now not find a quarterback?
2: Yeah. Well, in yeah. fairness, I mean, the Vikings didn't know that Case Keenum was going to go, what, 12 and two, or whatever, 12 and three sure. official record. But I'm starter. saying,
3: John Elway, of all people cannot find a quarterback to save his life right now. I think
2: it shows you that if a guy like John Elway is sort of flipping coins too, it shows you how hard it is going back to a couple segments ago, not to evaluate if a guy can throw an out route or mm-hmm. if a guy can, you know, if a guy is mobile, but to figure out can a guy lead, can a guy retain, can a guy teach, you know, can a guy communicate properly at that position, can he calm his nerves? I mean, those are things that you're not going to find out in a 15-minute combine interview, or by even talking to college coaches. It's just a different level. Well, and you're
4: also not going to find it by drafting Trevor Simeon and Chad Kelly in the seventh round either. I mean, you know, sure Brady, but there's only two or three quarterbacks ever who have been undrafted and succeeded. That's not the I mean, formula, or been seventh-round, sixth-round picks. Yeah. yeah, that there is no. That's not, that, the, that's not a model no. to that. Usually, you have to draft them high. And if I were to put my money down, I would guess that Denver trades up and drafts. Baker Mayfield, that would be my guess. He probably the cockiness for Elway probably reminds him of himself yeah. a little bit. That'd be and interesting. Mayfield is uh, an exceptional athlete, but really, really good accuracy. So
2: he's uh, not
3: Manziel. N- no, no, In I don't think sense. so. I, the, that my, comparison p- probably gets made way too much right now, just because their personality.
2: But the, to your point earlier, if Kansas, if Big Twelve schools are throwing yep, you off yep. mentally, what's going to happen when you face the Eagles, the Patriots, right?
4: If you are dropped With into a situation like Denver where you have a great defense and you have a good sporting cast then you've got a much better chance to succeed even if you do get thrown off your game or or even if you are immature to start that a veteran team who's ready to win can help you. Where I would be concerned is if Mayfield went to somebody like the Browns who wants to rebuild around him entirely and they don't have that setup where you can win right away. I think they'll be a lot better, but I I mean it's not a team that I would say is gonna go ten and six or, or, or eleven and five right away. And and that's what makes him a, a really interesting candidate. But if I were to put my money down, I think Denver probably does that because you're right about. They're not going to trade Alex Smith to a team right. that's right in their division and, uh, be, and can beat in, them in, twice. In yeah. the
2: game of musical chairs there's, you know, I would say a quarter of the league is going to be looking to draft a quarterback and or plug a new hole with somebody and you can automatically for Alex Smith, you can take I think Denver off the board, I think you guys are right and uh, Cleveland. I, it was either Pelicero or or uh, Sage yesterday who made a good point about Alex Smith's relationship with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. that They're going to get his input that if there's like four or five offers and and cleveland's in the mix or minnesota's in the mix and it's not a wildly better offer Mm -hmm. that they wouldn't send him to cleveland an 0-16 team that they'll give him an actual shot so again like you could there's some teams you can probably take off the board even in the alex smith and
4: and if you're alex smith and you look around at the teams if you've got a say in this conversation i mean who would you rather play for than a team that just went 13 and three I mean, that, that had the number one defense in the league that gives you two top ten wide receivers, right. that gives you Delvin Cook as a running back and a pretty solid offensive line when it's healthy. I mean, that, that seems Coordinator like...
3: Coordinator is the only question. Yeah, yeah. That's that, the only question. That, really. It just
4: seems like a perfect setup for some, for some quarterback to want to drop in here. And that would be if there was any chance there isn't with Drew Brees coming here. But that's the argument is that anybody who comes here is probably going to have a lot of success. And honestly, if they re-up Case Keenum if they franchise tag Case Keenum which I think is a possibility then he'll probably have a halfway decent year next year too and be able to win games and put them in a position to be in the playoffs it's just will he be as good as this year that's where I would draw the line I would say that's going to be hard to repeat
2: It's should it's, it's so hard to to sell bringing back the same quarterback, you know, bring back the same pieces, hope for the same result with a different offensive yeah. coordinator in a much tougher schedule. Like historically yep. that that's not a formula that lends itself to a, to a repeat great performance. Do you
4: think that people would be upset if they franchise tagged Case Keenum? Do you think the no. majority opinion would be upset or would be okay with it? They'd be fine with it. Think so? I, yes. I think, I the, think majority, the majority a Twitter poll.
2: I think I think the majority of Vikings fans feel a pretty major connection to what Case Keenum brought to the table this they, year. It almost like t- it, it takes away rationale and objectivity. They
3: think their their assumption is that he would at least come close to re- repeating the same success, which is a very dangerous assumption. Which I don't think the Vikings are going to make. Yeah,
2: let's come back. We can make that an official Twitter poll. Let's come back here, Matthew Collar, presented you, by Collar. Sprint. We'll catch up with you uh, later on this week, and you can find all of Matthew stuff on fifteen hundred espncom The Purple Podcast. Ryan Leaf will join the show when we come back. Mackie and Judd from Radio Row. But
3: first, Phil Mackie, I, I want to tell you that Mall of America is the place to be. It's your headquarters for the big game, and I want to go back to what I talked about before, and that is how simple it is to get here, and it's also, once you get here, guess what? There's parking ramps, and guess what about that? They're free to park in, so there's plenty of events around town, and there's some places where you might have to pay 60 plus dollars to park, at the mall, that is not the case. If you don't want to drive, light rail transit, airport taxis, Uber, free shuttles from more than 50 local hotels get you to MOA in a matter of minutes. Also, purchase official team gear at over 20 stores, including the official National Football League shop located on the second floor by Nordstrom. Check out the Best Buy Tech Zone in the Rotunda. Do it today, a photo opportunity with Stefan Diggs, 215-3. to So much cool stuff that you can check out. And once again, like I said, you can park here and you can park here for free. It is your big game headquarters. Check out mallofamerica.com slash north for a full store list, mallofamerica.com slash north.
2: All right, Mackie and Judd, we are back. We are back on Radio Row at Mall of America here all throughout the week. And if you want to find out about all the cool experiences, the Super Bowl 52 experiences, mallofamerica.com. Four details. He is a former number two overall pick and currently doing some great things to help people with addiction and mental health disorders. Ryan Leaf, transcendrecoverycommunity.com. Thank you for coming over here. We uh, we 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 saw your name offered up as a potential guest, and we said we got to talk to
1: this guy. He's been doing some cool things, so welcome to the show, oh, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's uh, this is gonna get pretty hectic. Like Thursday and Friday, this little they, this is a small. <laughs> I mean, well, we're in a food court. For God's sake, no. <laughs> yeah. We're in a food. This is middle America. We
2: are in this middle is, America. This we is are, exactly right. Did you ever think you'd yes. be
1: between like a Cinnabon and a mini golf course? I thought I'd be working at a Cinnabon, probably. Yeah, yeah. The way things were going in my life. I shouldn't say that. People working at Cinnabon are amazing people. You That's got Shake sure Shack here right? too. I mean, yeah. come on, so, it's great. Um, no, it's it's. This is just a really uh, rewarding opportunity to be able to do something like this. The fact that a platform is offered up to me to be of help and be a service like this, this is really really great.
3: What's it like, I mean, j- just your story. I think so So many people saw sort of the start of the bad days. Do you get tired of talking about it? Do you embrace that? Because because there are guys who have gone down your path, and I think the majority of those guys, we just don't hear from them again. I mean, something bad might happen to them, but they, they flame out and they're gone. What's it like to go through, through what you went through publicly, go through the, the middle of things, which was very tough, And perhaps not as public but certainly out there and now to come out on a side where on a daily basis you help so many people
1: well I mean and and I don't mean to minimize it at all but what I went through it was just yeah it was very public but it was it was nothing that somebody uh, who lives a life goes this is life you know people there's ups and downs people deal with mental health and substance abuse all the time it's just stigmatized a lot so much that that people don't talk about it they kind of hide from it and they don't want to admit that there's an issue and when in reality it's the strongest thing you can ever do is to shine a line on it and help because the coolest thing that happened to me and the thing i'm most grateful for is the fact that i was probably infamous or had some celebrity because every time i messed up it was i was held accountable there was a spotlight shown on it and it probably saved my life where there are people that are living in the same place that i was in right now that are in the shadow still and may never be you know seen again and that's that's what the hard thing about it all is is that every human life is precious it doesn't my story isn't more important or less important than anybody else's it just happens to be a lot more public and uh, it then I think I I take it as a as as what I'm supposed to do is to tell the story remove the secrecy from it and allow those people that are struggling to reach out and ask for help and and become the story themselves let me ask you this what when it
2: comes to high school and college kids athletes or non-athletes what are I mean we we all know the standard high school and college coursework in generals and you learn you learn uh, you know various tasks and things in your majors. What are what are some things that high school and college kids should learn more about or should be taught but maybe aren't traditionally?
1: It just doesn't happen, right? It has to you have to be like the hard knock life, right? It, there's there's humbling events that transform you as a person. I I use this as a I use this as a, uh, I use this as a uh, uh, opportunity to. Uh, Uh, um, to talk about what I think should happen when somebody graduates either from high school or from college. They should be required to go to uh, a 28-day treatment facility. When are you ever going to spend that quality time on yourself ever in your life unless you have had to go to a rehab center uh, mostly because you were forced to or intervened with? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a better person's club is what that is. The substance is a byproduct. Whatever I use, what anybody else uses, they use alcohol, they use drugs, they use gambling or sex or food or cutting it. It's a mood-altering substance. What you're trying to get away from is what you can't handle in life. And it's usually around some kind of mental, mental health disorder. And that's not a bad word. I think everybody has some sort of mental health disorder. Unless you're constantly on a daily basis trying to get better from that, it's going to affect you. And you're going to medicate in a way you do. Some people use exercise, which is a healthy alternative unless it gets you know over, overrun too much. But there are plenty of healthy alternatives to try to, to, to move past that. And the way I found it, of course, was through was through treatment. Yeah.
3: What what changed you the most? I mean, was there a moment? Was there one thing? And and also, what's that like to go from being the star quarterback? I mean, the guy whose his whole life was was really really perfect for a while, always successful. You get drafted high, you make millions, and then you wake up one day and realize I'm not happy.
1: It uh, it's. It's about identity, then, right? It was I was so involved with the idea that I had to be rich, powerful, and prestigious, and I thought that was success. Though it never meant I could actually be my real self for anybody. I had to, you know, put on this facade, and it was about branding and marketing, and then this, that, and the other, and external things, right? All perspective things from people and uh, what other people thought of you uh, was entirely my business, Mm -hmm. and so uh, for me, it took being humbled in a way where um, where I wasn't able to ask for help from a person I kept asking for help to the cosmos and to the universe and finally uh, the universe sent the sheriff's department for to help me you know it wasn't one I wanted but it was the one that I needed and uh, while in there uh, my roommate was an Afghani Iraqi war veteran got on me one day about uh, having my head buried in the sand and how I didn't understand the value I had not only to the men in there but for when I got out He said, we're going down to the prison library. We're going to help guys who don't know how to read learn how to read. And I went begrudgingly because I've had these come-to-Jesus moments with other guys, coaches, family members, and I just was dismissive and said, I got this. And For whatever reason, I went, and a day passed, two days, a week, two weeks, and I realized uh, that I was being of service for the first time in my life. No one was watching. There wasn't a marketing or a branding team or the media or anything. It was just actually being a service to somebody else, and I knew that was going to have to be the foundation for when I got out, otherwise I was just going to be the same guy I'd always been.
2: Yeah, Ryan Leaf is our guest here on Mackey and Judd. TranscendRecoveryCommunity.com is uh, is a platform you should check out if any of this resonates with you, and I don't, I don't want to make this about football. I mean, your, your window into the world of you know many people is football, so this is, I mean, we're at Radio Row Super Bowl, but... Um, and I don't. And, and what you do on a daily basis is about more than football.
1: Right, but also, you know, I had goals and dreams. My, my college degree was in broadcast journalism. I wanted to do that. I mean, the last place I wanted to be after I retired was in a media room or uh, a newsroom because I was so resentful of the media and stuff. But yeah. that's what I wanted to do. And now, you know, I'm working with SiriusXM doing a, a show, and I'm working with Fox, uh, as a college football and NFL analyst, You're they're so, talking
2: head now. It's yeah, <laughs> so
1: I, I, I mean, I get to enjoy that. I get to tell a story rather than be the story. I think is huge. But when I get the opportunity also to speak about this on the platform, mental, that, that's that's personal to me. Right. But you know, you know, we're here at the Super Bowl, so yeah, let's let's talk about football. Well, talk about the game. Well, my, I,
2: what I want to ask you is, and we and we just had this conversation about. You know, the Vikings have tried to find a franchise quarterback for 20-plus years, and I think some of the smartest people in the league, the John Elways, you think if they they can identify a quarterback better than anybody, and a lot of these guys are flipping coins because you're evaluating the things you can see right on film. Can a guy throw a pass with a laser arm? Uh, Is a guy athletic? What you can't see is what's going on inside a guy's head, his level of anxiousness, his ability to maybe um, overcome moments of adversity on the field and off. I would think you would have a window of insight into into that world more than almost anybody. I mean, are you able to, if you got into a room with NFL draft picks, from Johnny Manziel
1: to whoever, right, if you spent an hour with them, could you sort of say, Yeah, mm. Yes. Okay. Because it would be like, because I can immediately, you know, you spot it, you got it type of things, right? So when I would hear something somebody said, I'd be like, yeah, I got it. It's like holding up a mirror to me. So I understand that. And what the cool part is, what the NFL has helped, uh, helped me with is they've, They've asked me to be a mentor for the incoming uh, quarterbacks at the combine each year. I started that last year, nice. so I'm really looking forward to this year because it's a great crop of quarterbacks coming into the league, and there's some uh, uh, there's some ideas of what people think of them, and I, I really look forward to to spending some alone time with them and then seeing them on the football field. I'm, I'm excited. I think there's a like I said, there's a great group of guys. I like Baker Mayf- Mayfield a lot. I just do. Um, Probably because he reminds me and, my, <laughs> me and myself a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that he just – I think there's – I, I think he has the ability to make substantial changes in his in his behaviors at the next level where I wasn't. That's the difference I think I see in, in him. Yeah. So, Another minute or two here with Ryan Lee.
3: So where where is that line between good cockiness – and being assured, I mean, where where do you draw that line between flipping off Kansas fans, which you probably are saying that's not <laughs> a great idea, Baker, but you also don't don't want him to, sh- you know, lose shrink. that, right? Yeah. So so the where fine does that line, exist?
1: The fine line is 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 whether you play well or not. That's the line. If you're not if you're not playing well and backing up that behavior, then it's then it's bad. You go back to here in Minnesota, and the idea of Randy Moss early on in his career, you know, he wasn't a personable guy he's behaviors exhibited were not you know what we would consider you know pluses on his side but he balled out you know straight cash homie when he'd be getting fined right super bowl homeboy yeah (laughs) so i mean it is it is important that you play well if i played well my behaviors would have been overlooked that's a reason why i got to where i got because this pedestal i was placed on my behaviors got overlooked because i could always make up for it on a football field on friday night or a basketball court or a baseball diamond that's just just how it works and um that, that's a shame that accountability isn't necessarily there for guys if they are really good at what they do uh, but it will catch up to you at some point your behaviors will either you change for the positive where we've certainly seen randy become this uh, upstanding uh you know you know man with a lot of perspective or you see people go the other direction and never really figure it out and are out of the nfl immediately
2: such as myself yeah so ryan Leaf, we want to be respectful of your time so tell the audience Uh, Where can they find you? Ryan D. Leaf on Twitter and what else should our audience know about the work you're doing? Uh,
1: Just, you know, the biggest thing is if you're struggling with anything, uh, you know, reach out to us at TranscendRC.com, myself at Twitter, like you said, Ryan D. Leaf. Um, Sometimes the, the best thing is just to reach out and say you're struggling with something. It doesn't mean you have to commit to anything, but a freeing feeling to be able to tell your story and then for me to Look, you know the coolest thing about social media with all this too is somebody to reach out and go. You know, I heard you on a radio show 92 days ago, and just want to tell you today I'm 90 days sober. You know that yeah. that's something that I did, and it's something that you guys did by allowing the the, the appearance on the show. I mean, we we're working together because uh, social media can be used for good. I know a lot of time it's it's people are judgmental and negative, and, and fearful and all those things, but. Uh, We only allow for positive stuff on ours. Uh, We root out the negative, and we try to help people be positive and move forward. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan Leaf. We wish you all the best, and uh, enjoy the rest of your Super
2: Bowl week. Mackie and Judd back with more Ross Tucker in about 20 minutes make plans
4: to attend the 2018 venture bank minnesota golf show february 16th through the 18th at the minneapolis convention center buy your tickets in advance and receive over 470 dollars in value each paid advance ticket will receive 19 free green passes and choice of golf shirt to purchase tickets head to 1500 espn.com keyword events in this portion of Mackie and judd brought to you by Metafast.
2: thank you jonathan we are live radio all of america and that was awesome I mean I have seen Ryan Leaf do some interviews. I saw him on I think it was Fox Sports One a couple months ago. Yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. And that we can tell you, you know, some people listening on the radio is it you know, is a guy's transformation legit? You know, he's been he's been I think on the men for about four years now. And you know, I, I won't speak for you but and we didn't know him personally twenty years ago, but that is an incredible transformation and it was one hundred percent sincere yeah. from a from a core place of of peace. That was a cool conversation. Yeah,
3: I mean, you just think about guys uh, who have been in similar predicaments as, as what Ryan was and how few of them come out on a different side of it. Yeah, Like, you see guys melt down in their careers and they disappear. And you might read a story about them 10 years down the road, but it's often not a happy story. Yeah, It's so interesting to see a guy who basically can talk about the lifestyle and the fame and everything that was important to him. And how he had to go through all that he did with addiction and being in jail to realize it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it was I, – I do not – there's not one uh, bone in my body that says that is fake. Everything that he presents now to me is is who who he actually is now. Correct. And it's a completely different person than the guy who was drafted by the Chargers in 98.
2: I really think, you know, not to get all, get, get all woo-woo on the show here, but – and he kind of – walked into this a little bit and we we had him for 12 minutes we could have made we could have talked for 60 minutes with him but you know he's doing some other interviews around I think we learn so many skills in high school and college as moldable young adults when we're 16 to 22 years old and we don't have a full grasp on what our life is gonna be and our reactions to things right Mm -hmm. if you could teach 16 to 22 year old kids or 13 to 22 year old kids Mm -hmm. men women athletes non-athletes emotional intelligence and how to, I, I remember I, I did a podcast a few years ago called How to Live a Cool Life and just talked to different peak performers about, you know, how, how do you do what you do? I talked to people in in uh, the advertising world, in sports. And I talked to George Mumford, who was the mental coach for Phil Jackson's teams for two decades, Chicago Bulls and Los Angeles Lakers. And, and he said, peak performers, and you can translate this to anything, are able to put space between the thing that happens and how they react to it or how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. If you could learn that when you're like 16 years old so that you wouldn't fly off the handle or overreact or get overly insecure about something, you know, that would be I so think the, valuable.
3: I think the problem is though at that age, most people can't process that. Correct, because they're, so, they're not taught So like, to. So like you could try and teach them, but with athletes especially, if you think about what they're sent in, into, if, if you're Ryan Lee, you were an absolute stud in every sport that you played in high school. Mm -hmm. You went to college, and you played quarterback at Washington State, and you were a star, and everybody wanted to kiss your feet, tell you you're the greatest, and then then you and Peyton go into the draft, and it's like, who's going to be drafted one and two? And you get drafted two, and you get paid millions of dollars and sent to San Diego, and you're immature, and you've always been a star, and then you get there, and you struggle and you don't know how to process it. You have absolutely no clue. I mean, you were basically pushed off a cliff, and Peyton did a marvelous dive off the cliff and was just fine and, and yeah. went on to a Hall of Fame career. But for every guy like him, there's how many guys like Leaf who yeah. fall off that cliff and absolutely go thud?
2: Yeah. Uh, Hal, Hal Kimball tweets in, ended up pulling over to listen to at Ryan D. Leaf on that show. One thing that he said that actually resonated quite a bit with just me personally Depression runs on my dad's side of the family. Uh, depression and then the resulting medications for that, alcoholism or drug use, wound up leading my grandpa to leave Notre Dame. Got kicked out of school for getting drunk in a spot where you're not supposed to at Notre Dame. Newt Rocky was the coach. Mm-hmm. Like it, it derailed my dad's life for 10 years. Um, I never became an alcoholic, but I went through depression early in my life out of college. For two or three years, it was, it was really bad. And like people around me didn't really know, but it was it was bad for me. And I remember one time in my own effort to try and like figure out early on in the process, I know I'm depressed, I just need to figure out who I am, right? And I started making a list of all the things I thought I was. I like these bands. I like baseball. I do these things. And it dawned on me a while later, and I've saved this list, I was trying to define myself through these external things that are always fleeting and shape-shifting. And Ryan Leaf, and this is where it really resonated like five minutes into the interview, he said, when I was young, i define myself based on all these external things and for him it was money fame right.
1: quarterback
2: play and you and, and you never took time to actually think about who you are and what fills your personal cup right whether you whether you're a millionaire or not like to define yourself with all those external things is, is what leads to some of these mental health issues and and so i don't know that was mind blowing th- think, was mind-blowing to
3: think me. if you took that list and and people worshiped you for that list right that's him
2: right you know
3: I'm and great you, at football, baseball, and, and basketball, and and the girls love you, the guys idolize you, yeah. and you're miserable because one day you get to to the National Football League, and guess what? You're just a player. Yeah. You're okay. You're not great, and so so that that's what's so tough is you are idolized, and then one day you're not that good at it anymore.
2: Yeah. And how do you process that? And again, you know, it's it's why a lot of football players, maybe not to the extreme level of of Ryan Leaf, when guys retire and then fall into these these deep depressions or feelings of anxiety and maybe they wind up taking their own life. And we always point to CTE. And I'm not trying to minimize brain damage from playing 15 years in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole other component about defining your entire existence as a football player for like 20 years. And the schedule and the fame and all of the sort of the uniformity that goes with it and you take that away from somebody and they don't know who they are right they don't know who they are anymore right so we got to take a break here that was outstanding if you missed ryan leaf uh you can find it in two places you'll be able to find it on the the mackey and judd podcast page you can subscribe to us itunes anywhere you'd find podcasts or it's available right now. It just posted to Facebook.com slash 1500 ESPN. Full video and audio, so check it out. Let's go meat and potatoes football. A lot of Vikings discussion, we're hoping, with Ross Tucker. He's all over the place, man. Ross Tucker, uh, former NFL offensive lineman. He did play for Bill Belichick for a while, too, mm-hmm. about 12 years ago. Westwood One Radio he does a podcast for Podcast One, NBC Sports Network. We'll talk football with Ross when we come back. It's Mackie and Judd from... Radio Row, but first I want to tell you guys about the best car dealership in the Twin Cities. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 in Brooklyn Boulevard. Let's put it this way, there's a reason why my family and I have been going to the same people for like 30 plus years. You need to drive around the Twin Cities, not oblivious to the fact that there are dozens and dozens if not hundreds of car dealerships and service departments. It's the experience you have at Luther Brookdale Toyota with the people, the service is off the charts and it will convert you if you're up in the air, or you're skeptical, or you're just looking for a new place to call home. Not to mention, Toyotas are some of the best vehicles in the world. We're talking durability, we're talking state-of-the-art safety features, and the 2018 RAV4 is on the lot for you to test drive right now. In fact, you can get into a three-year lease for just $199 a month with a very reasonable down payment. So stop in on your way home from work tonight, right on the corner of 694, and Brooklyn Boulevard, or snoop around the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. It's Mackie and Judd live from Radio Row. Ross Tucker will join us next. There's no underdogs
0: in the Super Bowl. They're the first seed in the NFC, man. They're 13-3. Um, I mean, they had an incredible season, so I, I just, I don't buy into any of that. I saw you at the hangar, coach, and you look dapper. I'm talking like GQ ish. And I see Linda over there smiling. Does she have anything to do with the wardrobe?
1: She might have a little bit to do with it. Uh, that was my dad's hat, so I thought I'd just toss that one on today. And uh, So I felt good about wearing it. So Minnesota is a good place to have a hat. So.
2: Bill Belichick. First of class, all, Bill class, Belichick. Classing it up yesterday. I could hear a smile in that quote. That was, uh, yeah, he was. It's not often you see a suit and tie Bill Belichick. Uh, Ross Tucker's making his way over here right now on Radio Row, so we'll talk football meat and potatoes with him. But uh, all of our live broadcasts this week from Radio Row are br- brought to you and powered by Mall of America. You can see all the exciting events associated with Super Bowl 52 at mallofamerica.com for details. Um, it feels like business is definitely picking up here around Radio Row. I mean, like all, yes. all of the, the local stations that are going to come in are going to come in later on in the week here. And uh, the vibe is definitely picking up. The the gawker factor is definitely picking up. But uh, let's bring him in here. He is Ross Tucker. We're going to go meat and potatoes football conversation here. Uh, you can find Ross Tucker as a game analyst on Westwood One, uh, working the sidelines for the NFC Championship game where the Vikings got absolutely blown out of Philadelphia. Oh, it's very gosh. depressing. We'll talk about it with him. Uh, I was
0: we, so surprised by that, by the way. I mean, I I'm mean, on the sideline. I was on the Vikings sideline, and it started with... The Vikings going right down the field for a touchdown, like I like I thought. I thought if the Eagles had a chance, I thought it would be because maybe the Vikings still had a hangover from the Stephon Diggs play, sure, and that the Eagles would jump on them early. It was the opposite. The Vikings went no huddle. They yes. marched right down the field. They get uh, they get the Eagles misaligned. Rudolph catches it. I remember thinking, Eagles are in trouble. Yep. Vikings are not messing around, and everything changed. I think really on the pick six it just kind of it just snowballed against the vikings they didn't look like they were ready do you, for, do you sense all the for dep- him to throw it deep
2: the depression and shame around you in the twin cities here too it's just like the ultimate buzzkill to have this here and the Vikings not a part of it it's yeah, very
0: sad. you know what's funny is the week before nobody talked about this as a possibility
2: <laughs> every no and all we talked
0: about was can you imagine how crazy and awesome it'll be if the Vikings win and they get to play in their own Super Bowl, and I was thinking that because I knew I'd be here all week, right? But I'm also from near Philadelphia, so for me, all I, I, like my the, the happiest moment for me of the postseason was the Stephon Diggs play, because once the Vikings beat the Saints, I was like, all right, sweet. Either way, it's the Eagles. Where all my like my, my wife and and sister in law are coming out to go to the game. They're big Eagles fans, right? Mm-hmm. I never, you know, I never played there. Or if it's the Vikings, that would be sweet too. I mean, either way, I thought it'd be awesome, but I, I did not expect that game to go that way. I mean, that's the best Foles has ever played in his life. He's the most Jekyll and Hyde. Like sometimes he looks awesome, other times, like his Cowboys and Raiders games this year, he
2: looked yeah. terrible. And then, so we—I don't terrible. know if you read—Peter King wrote the anecdote following Doug Peterson in from from yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin. So and we did this on our show yesterday. It's it's therapeutic, but salt in the wound. The flea flicker that broke the game open in the third quarter.
0: Yeah, Donna, whatever, Carol. Carol
2: Carol. called the flea (laughs) flicker. Like, So did Joanne call a play in the second half, too, to sink the Vikings? It's not enough to just get beat. It's Carol that calls the flea
0: flicker. So I have two. Can can I start asking you guys questions? Fire away. I have two legitimate questions, okay? Number one, do you think it's worse or better in terms of the pain around here? That the Vikings got blown out as opposed to losing like how the Saints lost the week before. Oh
3: my! God. I actually think um, in this case I think it's worse because it was so embarrassing. Because there's no, there's no. Well, we came close and we missed a field goal. I mean, as painful as, as 09 was, you still look back at that box score, Ross, and, and and the statistics. You know, offensively, the Vikings crushed the Saints that day. You can look at that. This was just awful so i actually think it's worse too and i think here is the worst part your defense got done that badly your defense was your strength i mean mike zimmer's defense we were calling this one of the best defenses that this franchise has ever had and that includes the 70s with you know page eller go down that list so i think it's worse because it was such an embarrassment and you never saw it and
2: to add to that ross tucker every step along the way in vikings franchise history Whatever their greatest strength is, whether it's Brett Favre or a defense or the 98 offense, it always soils itself in the biggest moment NFC Championship game or Super Bowl back in the 70s. And it happened again with the defense giving up 38 points or 31 points, I guess.
0: It's funny that you say this. First of all, I played for Zimmer in 02 Cowboys, in Dallas. Right? Yeah. yeah, Cowboys love the guy, just like everybody loves him. Yep. I mean, everybody loves that guy. And I, I just, I was shocked. And not only get away from the second, the bombs, because those were uh, flea flicker whatever. The Alshon-Jeffrey play, it was like, all right. Terrence Newman, it was a long play, whatever. I'm shocked that Zimmer let them complete so many slants on the RPOs when that's the only play they ran against the Falcons the week before. That was the only throw Foles completed the week before. And I thought they'll have Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes Inside leverage. They will take away the slant. They will make them have to throw the ball outside the numbers. Make the They didn't do it. Here's my other question, okay? How do you guys feel about the Vikings fans booing the Eagles as loudly as they did last night? It, it's kind of surprising to me. Because well, I always think Packers fans,
3: Vikings fans, yeah. Upper Midwest, so nice. They are. Vikings fans are, are still very upset that eagles fans treated them so poorly. In fact, it's based on that. It's it, not based on the players. You, I, I, pull, I don't
0: I don't know that I buy that. If, but it's why. If if you Vikings. Okay, so you think if they you think if if there were no if there weren't the two or three YouTube incidents, you think that they wouldn't be booing the Eagles? Not like this. Uh-uh, these right, people right are still now,
2: upset. I think I think and it, whether it's the you know the YouTube stuff, if you were to put a poll up, Vikings fans, if if the Eagles faced a terrorist group in the Super Bowl. Who would you root for? I think it splits. Honestly, I think I don't know if it wears. Off and if at there some wasn't
0: point. a single fan issue, you think that they'd be? I think it would be different
3: because the and, and and Vikings fans. I wrote this. Vikings fans should credit the the Eagles and Foles for what they did. They put up thirty eight points on you, but they're mad because they went there. And by the way, we warned them. Vikings fans. It's, if don't wear a if you're gonna dirty. go to the link, don't wear don't wear your <laughs> hell horn. And they didn't believe it. They thought, oh, it's gonna be fine. They went tailgating, and guess what? That faction of Eagles fans was throwing full I, beers I, at
0: them. I, I, I grew up there, okay. And let me just tell you, you know how much better it is than it was in the '80s and '90s at the, the vet? vet. Oh my! I grew up. Well, the jail's to, gone now, right? I, I grew up going to games at the vet. It was a totally different world. I I would watch less than half the game. I mean, I'd be in the stands with my dad pouring beers on people, punching the dude in the Cowboys face. You're the
2: reason why Vikings fans can't cope right now. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though, too.
0: No, here's the thing. (laughs) Can I just say one thing? Of course you
2: can. If you are the Vikings fans,
0: don't go to the art museum steps and have a rally and then put Vikings gear on Rocky. Like, like why poke the bear? If you guys said you warned them, you warned them. Then they didn't even just wear Vikings gear. They went and did that. That went on social media. So... The game wasn't until 6:40. Yeah, okay, yeah. so now everybody's at tailgates drinking, and they're all showing them the phone and being like, "Look at these guys! Look at these guys! Look at these! Look what these guys did!" I tweeted it out and said, "The link isn't the vet, but I still wouldn't recommend that." Someone check I on the saw... Mary
2: Tyler Moore statue right now downtown Minneapolis. It's <laughs> desecrated with with Eagles guards. That's garb, why. Sir. It's hey, why Ross Tucker. Before we went be respectfully your yeah. time, you're here on behalf of Ballcannon.com. Yeah. Where is Ballcannon.com? It's right next to Judd.
0: It's right next to Judd. It is the coolest oh, wow. thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. This is awesome. Dude,
2: so, so it's can like aiming it at. Can we aim it at WIP? Yes, yes. They
0: know <laughs> all, all about clowns. it. No, but also it's like a jugs machine that Diggs and Rudolph and those guys catch passes off of. Yeah. Except it's recreational for your kids, like five to fifteen. You can change the speed. You can change the launch angle from like a punt to a line drive, and there's a delay feature so you can actually do it by yourself, which is maybe the coolest part. I just tell people. Go to ballcannon.com. Check out the video because there's nothing I can say that's as cool as just watching the videos at ballcannon.com.
2: Right on Ross Tucker. So you can train your kids to be a football-catching machine like Adam Thielen. That's uh, right. But we're still mad
0: at you. We're still mad at you. Why are you mad at me? Eagles fans, we're mad at all of you. I'm not an Eagles fan. We're We're irrational. Andy Reid never wanted me. I played for five teams other than
2: the Eagles. (laughs) Ross Tucker, thank you so much, man. Find him. Westwood1, he's a game analyst. He also has the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and a morning show on Sirius XM. Mackie and Judd. Back with more from Radio Row, Mall of America. Judd, take it away.
3: Uh, But first, I'm here to talk to you about my friend Prime Mortgage Lending and my friend Kent Mikola. And here's an important word as I, I start to talk about Prime. It's trust. That's something that Kent and his team believe in, whether it's your friends, business partners, or your teammates. The two teams playing in the big game, guess what, folks? They are here in large part because of that word trust. If you're shopping for a new mortgage, you can count on Prime. To give you sound advice and straight answers, you can count on Kent. You can trust them. If you're considering a refi, the prime team will take the time to understand your goals and your situation to make sure that a refi puts you in a better financial position. Even if you're not sure if a refi makes sense for you, guess what? You can talk to Prime and find out. Here's the key with Prime and Kent. They would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. I'll say it again because it's very, very important. They would rather earn your trust than sell you that loan. Again, you can trust them. That's Prime Mortgage Lending in Bloomington Online at goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Equal housing opportunity. Opportunity. nmlsid 6 9 Conditions may apply.